Welcome to The Owlish Folk, a podcast that answers questions about the English language. I'm Amanda, and with me is Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, Amanda. There's uh, no insult today? No, I'm a bit tired this week, so uh, I just didn't have the energy to sort through my notes and find a really, really insulting word that would make you cry. Okay, well, uh, I I have one. Oh, all right. Was not expecting that. Let's hear it. Okay. Welcome to the Owlish Folk. I'm Dave, and with me is the muckspout Amanda. Muck spout. Okay. I can kind of maybe see where this is going. Am I just talking a lot of beep? A a lot of nonsense? Yeah. A little more than that. Someone who talks a lot and also cusses, which I think is American for curses, right? Yeah. I, um, I really have to tone it down on the cursing. Okay. I have a couple of options. What a driggle draggle. Oh, a driggle draggle. What does that mean? A dirty woman. <laughs> okay, oh my God. Yeah. See, these were the other options I was going to use for you. Um, what a quizby. Quizby is, it's literally on this list, a lazy ass. <laughs> that I'm a, a bit of a quizby sometimes, okay. A ragabrash. I feel like that would say something about how. Like my bad breath, but what is it? <laughs> but no, it's a disorganized or unorganized person. Oh, I have to actually say I'm quite organized. So you are. That's why I didn't say it for you because yeah. I like the word, but it doesn't match you. Um, and then the other one is uh, fusty lugs. Oh my! I feel like I am like big hipped with that one. What is it? Yeah, exactly right. Large, clumsy, gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you got uh, three out of four, correct, I suppose. I've also got Cumberworld. Oh my gosh, okay. A useless person who just takes up space. Cumberworld. Makes me think of Cumberbatch. Yeah, Cumberbatch or Cucumber. Anyway, I didn't choose those. I just got so nervous from all of these words that I bit my cuticle and I'm bleeding a little bit right now. (laughs) Oh no, I don't have a word to describe that. I didn't know what, what was going to come out of your muck spout, so I got nervous. <laughs> muck spout is good, right? Okay, let's, uh, let's move on. So what is the topic for today? So today we're going to talk about sentences that are comprised of only one word and it's repeated. So maybe there are some sentences that have mostly one word repeated and some other words, but... These sentences are really funny because they're utterly ridiculous, but they actually have an an interesting way of working, and there's uses for them, and uh, lots of examples. So last time we talked about sentences that sound right, but when you examine them, they don't make sense. And then these ones sound ludicrous, but when you examine them, grammatically, they're actually fine. Yes. And the most well-known example is the buffalo sentence. Have you heard of this one? Uh, Yeah, I have, because you included it in your show notes. Well, you're not supposed to say that. But could you explain it to us? Sure. The sentence has eight words, and all of the words are the same word, the word buffalo. So the sentence is, buffalo, buffalo, 
Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. This sounds a little bit like what we talked about before with rhubarbing. Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. That's right. This has real meaning, though. It's not just a list of buffaloes. That's right. It actually is a sentence that is grammatically correct. And what's interesting about this sentence is that it's often used how homonyms and homophones can be used to create really confusing, hard to understand sentences. So, so wait, uh, what, what are homonyms? So homonyms are words that have the same spelling or pronunciation, but they mean different things. And homophones are words that sound the same. So what I love about this sentence is that it was first used by Dmitry Borgman in his book, Beyond Language. But it started to be, I guess, more introduced to the linguistic world in 1972 by a professor at the University at Buffalo in Buffalo, New York, and his name was William J. Rappaport. And he kind of used this in his classes to talk about the structure of language and how language is used differently and also how it's kind of confusing sometimes, you know, how confusing English is. So do you understand what this sentence means? It feels like I can grasp it at the beginning and then gradually I lose it as, as it goes on. So could we, yeah, could we break it down? We've got eight buffaloes. That's right. First of all, I want to say there's no punctuation. So what makes this kind of confusing is that when you're saying this to somebody in speech, it's even more confusing because at least when you're seeing it written, you can see that two, actually three of the buffaloes are capitalized. So that word is a proper noun, but also a noun being used as an adjective, meaning the city of Buffalo. So that's our first. So we've got Buffalo, Buffalo. This is Buffalo, the city, and then Buffalo. So Buffalo that are from the city, Buffalo. That's right. So that's the second use of buffalo is just the noun, the animal called buffalo. It's in plural form. Buffalo are also known as bison, which, by the way, were my high school mascot, the blue bisons. I think they strictly are bison, right? I mean, buffalo in America aren't really buffalo. They're actually bison. Isn't that right? Yeah. And a lot of people eat bison, but they don't say I'm eating buffalo meat. It's bison. Okay. Now, doesn't the word buff? Like if somebody is in good shape, that comes from the word buffalo. I don't know, but it would make sense because buffalo or bison are very muscular, meaty animals. I'll give the story and then we'll get back to your point. Right Now, people shot and killed bison, which they called buffalo, and they then skinned them and then they polished the skins to make this kind of leather that was pale. And... Buffing the skins was um, the term used, like a short form of buffalo, buff, buff the skins to turn them into this fine, pale leather. And then anything that resembled that leather was also described as buff. If the leather was buffed, it was buff. And if someone had uh, that sort of pleasant appearance, they might be buff. And then it was just anyone who was in 
good shape buff became not just the color but the anything that was in good shape that looked good so someone who takes care of their body and looks good uh, or looks muscular is buff i think that's a really good way to kind of connect all these ideas together I don't know for sure, but you obviously got that information from somewhere. <laughs> I did. I got it from somewhere. But now I don't know if it's one of these stories that's too neat to be true, but it certainly is what I've read. Okay. Anyway, shall we, uh, shall we continue? So we've got buffalo from buffalo. Yes. Um, and then the noun. And then lastly, the verb buffalo, which means to confuse or intimidate. So basically in this sentence, you're talking about buffalo from buffalo who are intimidating other buffaloes from buffalo that's basically the meaning of the sentence and this is a very confusing sentence because people don't know the word buffalo as a verb have you ever heard that word used as a verb before no and it's not a verb i would ever have come across neither have i and i'm from new york state and buffalo actually a lot of my husband and his family, they're all from Buffalo. Buffalo is a really important city in New York, but you just think of the city. And I mean, I suppose you think of the buffalo, the animal, but I've never heard of that word being used as a verb before. Interestingly enough, the plural form of the noun buffalo can be buffaloes or no ES, just buffalo. So in the sentence, the plural form is used as the singular form. So that's even more confusing. So buffalo is sometimes singular. Buffalo could also be plural. That's right. So we have then capital B buffalo, small b buffalo, buffalo from buffalo. And then we've got capital B buffalo, small b buffalo. <laughs> right. So the buffalo from buffalo, that the buffalo from buffalo, buffalo. And then we've got the verb buffalo. So that's five buffaloes. Yep. And then we have the proper noun again, the name of the city, and then the noun, the animal. So basically, you're seeing proper noun, noun, proper noun, noun, verb, verb, proper noun, noun. Okay, so the buffalo from Buffalo City, that the buffalo from Buffalo City, buffalo or confuse or intimidate, confuse or intimidate the buffalo from Buffalo City. That's right. And you could even probably make it a little bit easier to understand if you switch out buffalo with bison. So bison from Buffalo, which other bison from Buffalo confuse, and then it will, in that turn, confuse the bison from Buffalo. And now we've unwrapped it. <laughs> we can see what it means. I, need, I feel like I need a drink. Yeah. Got a little parched. Are you drinking whiskey right now? I am not. Oh, no, wait. It's like 11 in the morning or noon for you. So that's the Buffalo sentence. Yeah, that is a really interesting example. So it shows how capital letters are important and it shows how a word can be a noun and a proper noun and a, an adjective and a verb. That's right. Woo. But I do love that example. Now, I've got this uh, this other example. And this is one that my dad told me years and years and years ago. And I think it was like from uh, his school days. So it's one of these old um, grammar 
explanations, something that highlights the importance of punctuation. Go on. So the sentence is, James, while John had had had, had 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 had, had 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 a better effect on the teacher. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. Say that one more time. So we have how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven hats in a row. Oh my goodness. One more time. And now the way my dad told me it was a little different, but uh, basically the same point. So James, while John had had had, had 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 had, had 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 a better effect on the teacher or the way I learned it was had 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 a preference with the examiner. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you got to break this down for me because I am lost. So if I add the punctuation, then it makes sense. So James, comma, while John had had quotation marks had. So John had 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 written the word had. Okay. so James, while John had written had 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 or had written had had. So this is a difference in how they were writing something. James had written had had and John had written had. So they were writing about past tense or past perfect uh, tense. Then we've got a semicolon. Then quotation marks had 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 a better effect on the teacher. So this is something that happened in the perfect past. It's happened and completed in the past. The teacher preferred the form had had to the form had. Well, it does help to see the sentence with the punctuation. It does, right? Because when you just start saying the word had, I mean, it's crazy. It is. And I think the same as the Buffalo sentence, you hear it and you think, I don't know what this means. And uh, it sounds like a joke. And this one, yeah, you hear it, the same thing. It feels strange to hear. You get lost in the hads. But once you see it written down with all the punctuation, it really is easy to follow it. And also, I feel like the way that you were using intonation and rhythm and pauses really helped me to understand it as well. Right. And yes, I suppose this is where the punctuation really makes the difference. So the punctuation helps you read the sentence. And without that, it wouldn't make any sense. So how is this sentence even useful in teaching English education? Well, this is, I suppose, most obviously, it's how punctuation shows us the the meaning and the rhythm of the sentence but it also is how using a word isn't the same as talking about the word so when we use the quotation marks we're talking about what someone had written and then we use that word in also talking about it and it's kind of the semantic vagueness of the word very cool there are other other example sentences did you want to look at any other examples yes so i think we probably have heard something similar to this before and it is a ship shipping ship ships shipping ships (laughs) okay 
Actually, I was really nervous to say that because as soon as I opened my mouth, I was like, oh, this is a tongue twister. So, Well, it is, right? Now, maybe this is where tongue twisters work as well. So we've got a ship shipping ship. So this is the kind of ship. So we've got ship as in the uh, the noun, the, it, the, the transport, right? A ship. And to ship is to transport something on a ship. So a ship shipping ship is a ship that transports other ships. That's right. So a ship shipping ship, mm -hmm. a ship that transports other ship ships, ships or transports shipping ships. So then we've got the purpose of this shipping ship is to transport other ships that transport ships. The thing that I have the problem with is why would someone even use a sentence like this? I mean, I guess you're just doing it to play with language and to make a point. Yeah, and I think that's it, right? These are just to make a point. You'd be very unlikely to come across these in real life. and Because like with the buffalo sentence, the verb to buffalo is very, very un unusual. So you're unlikely to come across these in any other instance. It just makes a point about language. Because mm -hmm. in real life, if you had a ship that was designed to transport ships to transport other ships, you wouldn't talk about it in this way because it is confusing. It's kind of like the inception of transport ships, right? Yeah. Shipping ships. Yeah. But it does make kind of a good point, right? Because you see the different uses of the word. Okay. Any others that you liked? Yeah. Uh, there's one that's similar to the Buffalo sentence, but it's using the word police. And I didn't know this, but police, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, is a city in Poland. But I feel like it has to be pronounced that way if you're going to use it in the sentence. But again, it's two, four, six, eight words, just like Buffalo. Police, 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 police. So how does this one work? Because Buffalo is a proper noun because it's a city, right? Right. So police, I assume you've got to have police, police, which means the police who work in somewhere called police. That's right. So police is a city in Poland. And I then see. you have you have the word police, meaning a noun. So law enforcement and then the verb. Oh, to police. So the police's job yes. is to police. OK. So the sentence basically reads, the law enforcement from the city of police that other law enforcement from police patrol also patrol law enforcement from the city of police. Yeah, so it's a, a pretty obscure idea. Like the, uh, the whole idea is that the police in this city, police or uh, I guess observe or watch themselves, right? Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> I know. Again, I, I guess the city of police in Poland is low frequency word if you're not from the city in Poland. Uh, That's right. All right. Uh, now, can yeah. I give one more? Yeah, please do. Yes, yes. I'll give one more and then I'll pass the baton to you. Now, this one is a sentence that deals with homophones, words that uh, sound the same but have different meanings. But I love this. There's a lot of imagery in it. Rose, rose, to put rose, rose on her rose of roses. So if we wrote this down, we could see the spelling difference and that would help us yes. figure it out. Okay, so I know rose is a flower, mm -hmm. 
Rose is a person's name. Yes. Rose means to get up. Yes. Rose R O R O W S. Uh huh. Meaning like a line of something. Yes. A row. Row like row a boat, but I don't know if that's in there. Um, and row fish egg row. Yes, Rose the color. You skip that one. So Rose the woman got up to put rose colored fish eggs on her rose, meaning lines, R-O-W-S, of roses. Rose rose, to put rose rose on her rose of roses. Yes. Yeah. And it's something that you would never do, right? I don't know. I mean, if it's a good fertilizer, but I've never done it. Okay. There are other example sentences that are, that work like this, right? With one word repeated a lot of times or one... Yes. Lots of words that sound the same repeated lots of times. Do you have any? Hmm? No. <laughs> no. Well, I think this is a really nice introduction to the, the topic. And if people have any other examples, they could include them and we could maybe put some more in the show notes. What do you think? Sure. That sounds great. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything else to add? I thought you were going to add. Okay. Well, I think if the listeners have any other examples of these, if they think of any, then share them with us and we'll put these examples in the show notes with the appropriate punctuation and capital letters. Yeah, that would be great. And don't forget, we have a Facebook page and we have a discussion group that's on Facebook. So you can also jump in at any time and write any questions or give your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Please get in touch with us. Facebook, Gmail, the Alishfolk at gmail.com. Uh, tell people about the uh, podcast if you like it. And uh, if there's any topic you want us to discuss, please let us know. Yes, we create all of our episodes from listeners' questions. So the more questions we have, the more episodes we have. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Justin for the music, New Media for the artwork, and a big high five to Jeff at Central Sound and Picture. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends and subscribe. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter at The Owlish Folk. Send us questions or comments to theowlishfolk at gmail.com.